everybody. Welcome back to Forbidden Cinema Spooky Season. Ooh. It's a school night and we're recording. That's the scariest <laughs> thing about being in your 40s. <laughs> we have work tomorrow very early. What's going to happen? <laughs> How you doing, babe? I am great. So I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And we are going deeper on Angel Heart from 1987. Yes. Anything you have before I start getting into my really extensive notes from a a (laughs) short (laughs) amount of questions. (laughs) As you do. The fewest page of questions ever. I think the most pages of notes ever. So we're going to see what happens. This could get freaky. (laughs) (laughs) I I have nothing. Um, this, This movie was definitely spooky. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely kind of gross. Uh, all of the things. So this movie came out March 6th of 1987. Seems like a weird time. March? March, yeah. Yeah, it does not seem like a March kind of movie. I don't know I, what a March movie is. I mean, did it coincide? It was a voodoo? Did it, I mean, when when was Mardi Gras during that time? Maybe. I mean, that doesn't... Oh, I have absolutely no idea. It could have been that late. I really think the whole voodoo thing was a little tacked on. It really kind of was. But, you know, still... This movie was made on a budget of eighteen million dollars. Okay. Made seventeen point two domestic gross. Okay. So it didn't really make its money, its budget back. I was just curious though, and you know what? The numbers are not available for how did movies start to make money in pay TV and in rental markets. Okay. So I did a little crunching, a little research. The movie rental market in 1987 i actually found a decent amount of numbers for this is the first year that rental revenue for studios was bigger than the domestic box office that seems about right i feel like 1987 thinking about who what, when where and all that um that would have been time we were renting movies probably from food max um <laughs> that's pre-blockbuster i think you know just kind of I think your... there were 93 blockbuster videos at this point but the, not in this not area in, not in our area no. no no we didn't get it was probably i i got a super nintendo game the first time <laughs> not even nintendo <laughs> 19, uh so we have 2500 video stores or excuse me 25000 video stores yeah all the, like the little mom and pops 45000 other places, grocery stores, mm-hmm. suntan places, also renting videos. Interesting. So we have about 70,000 businesses renting videos. And now I you do have remember some of those. Yeah, like tan, tan and video. I do remember those. Yeah. Or, you know, gas station and video mm-hmm. and whatever. But uh, in Pennsylvania, is all these studies come out of Pennsylvania, which is, has nothing to do with the Observer Reporter. <laughs> <laughs> there are 11.8 million residents. In 1987, roughly $10.5, $10.50 per resident spent on home video rentals. Wow. So about $124 million in gross at video stores in Pennsylvania. And in 1987, that's about three movie tickets. Like oh, movie tickets are a buck twenty-five. Oh, okay. I was thinking like three about three dollars at that point. So ten times a movie ticket almost. Trust me, I've I see lots of advertisements for theaters. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, dollar yeah, twenty-five is, is a movie ticket. There there are no matinee cheaper seats. It's just a dollar gotcha. twenty-five. So at this time, a rental VHS rental VHSs. I I knew they were more expensive. I knew that was a thing. I right, because they're you kind know, of commercial. Right. I did not realize they were actually commercial quality, though. They were heavier. They had higher quality tape in them. 
I had I had no idea that I was a thing. I kind of thought they were, but I mean, I don't I don't remember like handling one at that time. But it seems like they would. Gotcha. They seemed like a chunkier deal. I don't know. I remember, you know, back when I was maybe first buying movies, they were about $130 or so. But back at this time in 87, they were about 200 bucks for for a rental. And so I did a little bit of math. And, you know, Angel Heart's a movie. It's not Top Gun. Right. You know, Top Gun's a movie. It's going to be in every store. They're probably going to have maybe three copies of Top Gun. Exactly, yeah. But if it's in 50000 so if it's in five out of seven, at 200 bucks a pop, that's another $10 million. Oh, wow. That's huge to the studio. That is. That is. With not a lot, no extra work, no extra marketing, no extra, yeah, just No, that's just a new tapes. market that just happened. Mm-hmm. That just happened. We were watching the Bloom House documentary just right before we came downstairs about horror and kind of how it, such a uniquely American form of, of expression and about our anxieties and the thing that just like casually threw away that there's... 70 million movie tickets sold a week in 1920. <laughs> Everybody looking for an escape. I guess I mean, so. I mean, there's 108 million people in a, and there's 70 million movie tickets. That's crazy. A week. Yeah, that's nuts. So looking at movies that came out around this time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start about a month before on February 6th, Black Widow. We've briefly discussed that. It's not one that I'm greatly aware of. I feel like no. it may show up on this. If we do this podcast for like five years, it'll probably show up. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be the first couple of years. We have It's got Teresa Russell in it, who is the mom in Wild Things. I think that's where we first kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do remember talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, the day before Valentine's Day, seven years old for me, six for you. Mannequin. Ah, and we can build this thing together. <laughs> yes. Meshach Taylor showing out. Yes, yes. R.I.P. The next, we have a week with, I guess Mannequin was so awesome that there was no real major movies the next week. <laughs> They're like, did you see that? <laughs> next week, friend of the podcast, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Oh. We're the Dream so it came out in the spring too. Don't wanna dream no more. I guess. I mean, I guess all these these things can't come out at Halloween, but I feel like at this point, Nightmare on Elm Street, they were shoveling them out as fast. Like, how fast can we get another movie into the theater before this this whole Freddy thing blows over? Got it. Yeah, we just like, more toys, grab. more Halloween costumes, mm-hmm. more whatever. Like, just more, 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 more. Get them out there. Get them out. <laughs> Next week we have Angel Heart and Lethal Weapon. Really? You're going to open a movie and it's going to go against Lethal Weapon. Well, th- you would know. I, I mean, know. Lethal Weapon was nothing un- until then. I mean, if you were if they were producing this and and putting up against Lethal Weapon 2, then like then you know, but Lethal Weapon only made about 60 million at the box office. It was not in like the top 20 this year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess what else is in the, this year? I mean, that's a lot of fun stuff. We've got uh, the next week Evil Dead 2 and Raising Arizona. <laughs> we have the next week uh, is Burglar with Whoopi Goldberg. I've never seen it. I vividly remember the box art because my mom told me she had a filthy mouth. <laughs> that tracks. I mean, she's I she's, guess, she's probably right, but it's probably a little racist know, too. I don't know. Honestly, I never think of like, what have I seen Whoopi Goldberg in? Sister Act? Um... That was all like 91, 93. Right. This but is Whoopi Goldberg in 87. Did Whoopi Goldberg do stand-up? I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know much about Whoopi Goldberg pre-Sister Act. I don't know. I don't I know either. she has a filthy mouth. That's about all but, I know but, about her. Okay. I guess we're taking your mom's word for it. I don't know. Maybe I should have to go deeper on the go deeper on that. <laughs> Is she being unfairly maligned? Could be. Could be. Maligned women of history. Next week, we have Working Girl with Melanie Griffith and mm-hmm. uh, Sigourney Weaver. That I don't think that's on our list, but that may go on. It might. I didn't know actually know that Sigourney Weaver was in that. Um. I feel like I just saw Millie Griffith. No, no, no. Is there no. a Baldwin in that, maybe? Maybe. It seems like it's built for a Baldwin. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? I don't know. I No, I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> That's why I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I called attention to it. <laughs> Next week, so we're about a month after we have Blind Date. Are you familiar with that at all? I don't know. It's uh, Bruce Willis and Marina Sirtis. No. That, of all the... <laughs> so, yeah, I have not seen that movie. I, I I know that I knew that Marina Sirtis was in it, and what can I say? I'm a, a man of a certain age with a beard. I've got a, a certain thing for... That's a, a counselor Troy, right? Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. Yes, meeting her in real life and her accent is very different than, uh, <laughs> than Counselor Troy. It is not as refined. It is it is very much the Hello Governor <laughs> kind of accent. <laughs> and I love it. I had no idea until maybe what four years ago, and she's very Cockney and it is great. <laughs> <laughs> Top grossing films of eighty seven. You'd care to wager a guess? We've done the number two on this show, Fatal Attraction. Okay. Um, 80s. Um, no, it's okay. It's fine. You're never going to get there. So oh, you can, you okay. get Whatever guess you make, it's not going to be right. Sorry. Okay. I, I, tell me if I'm wrong. Number one grossing movie of this year, Three Men and a Baby. We talked about this, I think, already because we were surprised. Or I've heard it on a podcast and somebody I think else you've heard was it on surprised. A podcast. Somebody else was surprised. We, we were all surprised. The fact of the podcast a couple weeks ago was that what uh, Crocodile Dundee came within like $3 million of Top Gun the year right, before. Right, right, right. I mean, everybody loves those quirky bachelors. Oh, that Ted Danson. I mean, <laughs> I mean Steve Gutenberg. I mean, in the, oh, uh, man, mustaches. <laughs> Is that Tom Selleck Danson Tom, and Gutenberg? Am yeah, I right on that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, we've got a Tom Selleck fact coming up later on. I love the beginning of that movie is like, you know, I guess Gutenberg is like a, a illustrator, like a cartoonist, and he's like painting in there. And it's it, does the, somebody like crash through a photo hut in that, or is that just Back to the Future? I feel like somebody crashes through a photo hut in the finale. I don't remember. Are there drug dealers and there, there's a whole thing and and no. Yeah. I'm thinking of Crocodile Dundee too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but the 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 opening, he's like painting like a mural of them, like they're you know in their penthouse or whatever in the hallway. And the the, the soundtrack is the bad 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 boys. All right, make me feel so good. It's like I've got that so on vinyl. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. That movie had to be. Very uncomfortable for my mother because I ask a lot of questions after that movie. <laughs> I'm sure like, there's like babies. that. Look who's talking. We're both movies. That, <laughs> it's like, like it's like who's the mommy? I don't know the mommy. The mommy disappeared. I don't know. Like now there's three men and like, we obviously and a baby. It's in the title, right? We obviously know like how a baby happens. Like it comes when a man and a woman are married, and then God puts it there, right? And so like. Like, did God mess up? Or did <laughs> oh, I remember saying that to that, my mother? Like, that's did God a worse mess up? question than like, what is sex? <laughs> did God mess up? 
She's like, let me tell you about intercourse. Have <laughs> <laughs> I never, never told you this before? No. Yeah, I specifically asked her that after three minutes of baby. <laughs> I'm going to cough and die. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's like, damn, why do I have this curious kid? <laughs> he better be smart. My sister was already watching Dirty Dancing at this point. So I don't know. I, don't know. I must have come up with ladies before it had to come up with me. Hey, everybody should learn about sex the way I did. Reading the World Book Encyclopedia cover to cover. Because nobody told me you shouldn't. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a book. It's what you do with books. Right. I got all the way to R. And that's about the time I got a little distracted. <laughs> Reproduction. Like, oh, 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 hey. I didn't think that they described it that salaciously. Well, I mean, I just went back and read it again. <laughs> and then, like, like around. Went back and read like painting a couple of times because there were some descri- or some uh, illustrations. Ah, <laughs> I see. I see. Um, so number two, Fatal Attraction. Number three, Beverly Hills Cop. Cool. Beverly Hills Cop actually made more money in this year, but movies that had their theatrical run like starting earlier the year prior or that – Okay. You know, like Three Minute Baby came out in like November. So it, it made more money, was released that year, but it didn't make more money in the year. I see. Don't be I a see. nerd. Okay just, just, okay. just go with it. Just go with it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Number four, Good Morning Vietnam. I don't oh. – I mean <sighs> – I don't remember – I remember, like, why would I have known Robin Williams at that time to know that I would want to see that movie? But Did you've seen Mork and Mindy on yeah. – uh, Nick at Night. Nick at Night, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I had. Um, was Robin Williams making children's movies yet? I don't know. I, when did Hook come out? Oh, Hook has got to be maybe a couple years later. 80, probably like 89, 89 probably. is what I would guess. It's after Dick Tracy, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the kid is the kid. Uh, Dick Tracy Jr. <laughs> Jr. Jr. is uh, is older, I believe. Yeah, in that movie. Um, so I don't know. I mean, but I knew I liked I liked uh, Robin Williams, and that wasn't a movie, a Robin Williams movie for me. I right. kind of remember that conversation. I think. But yeah, Three Men and a Baby made 167 million. That's a Only lot of money. Four movies made up more than 100 million this year, but no, like. Star Wars and Ghostbusters, and they were all the three to 400, 500 million movies. This is a huge drought this year. Crocodile Dundee and Top Gun both made over th- north of 300. That's crazy. This is, a, this is like the, the least amount of hits in a, since, since Jaws. <laughs> like old men in, in studio back lots are tearing out their hair and <laughs> the pictures, the pictures. What are we going to do? Like the barber shops and the brown derby and the martini lunches. Everybody's just like, we're all screwed. It's over. <laughs> Everybody is played by Louis Black in this Pretty in my reenactment. Like, what, the, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Oscars this year. I just decided to take a look. Okay. Last Emperor. I remember watching this Oscars because I was like, what is this? But Yeah, I remember that being one of those like, yeah, it's not really Isn't for that you. Christian Bale? No, you're thinking of the the Cadillacs in the Sky movie. No, the the World War One Christian Bale movie. I don't know. No, the last emperor is like some I don't know, like Siamese child emperor or no, something. No, but, but I do remember I do remember this. Uh, once again, haven't seen it. You're thinking of Empire in the Sun. Yes. And I think we've discussed that on this podcast. <laughs> Right. Could be because if it's solidified in my brain, it is not going to get rewritten correctly. There we go. There we go. 
Uh, Michael Douglas win the Oscar this year. Best actor for, for Wall Street. For not Wall for Fatal Attraction. Okay. Cher wins Best Actress. For, Moon, for Moonstruck. Yes, yes. Sean Connery, his one-time nominated, his one win for The Untouchables okay. for Best Supporting. And Olympia Dukakis wins Best Supporting Actress. For Still Magnolias. Uh, for um, Moonlighting. Moonstruck. Oh, oh Moonstruck. okay. That's right. She is in that too. Yeah. yeah so, uh, 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 this is like a weird year for the Oscars. Quite. Quite, quite. quite a weird year. So getting more into this movie, uh, director Alan Parker. Yeah, he got a, he got a lot of cred in the in the, um, so the I credits. Guess I, yeah, I kind of looked through like just like briefly. All I know him from is Evita. Right. But uh, he did Bugsy Malone. Okay. Not the Warren Beatty Bugsy, but like a seventies one. Okay. He did Midnight Express, which I have no interest in ever seeing ever. That's the the Siamese or. Taiwanese prison movie. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Like the lady's like pulling her boobs out at the oh. at the visiting thing. and. Okay. No, I'm. Oh, you. No. John Gabris tells a story about like watching that with his uncle. <laughs> and basically the thing is that he is just an animal at this point. That he is like not even responding the way a human would respond to it. And his uncle's like, hey, Johnny, you got wood? <laughs> oh, no. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's about somebody just breaking down in a in a foreign prison for drug smuggling charges, and it's kind of the first of that. Mm, okay, nineteen eighty. Fame. Is- I'm, I'm gonna, gonna live, live forever. forever. I'm gonna learn how to fly. Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie so much, and I shouldn't have. I don't think I've ever seen it. It was one of those that was on the like dollar ninety nine movie channel my parents subscribed to Encore. Right, and it was on. All the time. I, re- I mean, I, I remember it was turned the- down. It was turned down real low. You could. <laughs> it's like so. You. It's like I know it's on and I can watch it, but man, I don't really want to get caught. It was not one that would like ask, like, "Hey, can I watch Fame?" Like, no. There's homosexuals and and people that sing and dance, and it's that's basically the same thing. And <laughs> Lord, sorry, as we come. This is that's why we're doing this because this is where we come from. I don't know that like, we watch musicals all the time, but. I think we had some different rules. This is like the proto-rent, though. You know, it's... It, that's true. It was. It's New York City, gritty, da-da-da. But, I, I mean, I remember all the ads and the stuff for it, but I, I never saw it. But his next movie was Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a disjointed mess mm. of a thing to see that... Have you seen that? No. I've seen it, and I don't want to see it again. No, it, it, it's fantastic, but it's just... It's not the kind of movie that I have. I'm in the headspace for right now. Got it. Understood. Uh, Mississippi Burning. Once again, not something I'm in the headspace for right now. No. The Road to Wellville. I've never heard of this movie. The Road to Wellville. No, I don't think so. It stars Anthony Hopkins and Dana Carvey as the Kellogg brothers. Weird. Okay. Uh, John Cusack, Matthew Broderick, Bridget Fonda, and uh, Colm Meany, the uh, transporter chief O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are all like supporting cast in it. That's an interesting crew. I am really curious about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just of all the, the pairs to lead a film, Anthony Hopkins and Dana Carvey just would ne- never – I don't do drugs. 
But even if I did, I would not come up with that pairing. I just am imagining Offset and Anthony Hopkins just not having any patience <laughs> for Dana Carvey's shit. Which I think John Harvey Kellogg had very little to do with George's shit. So it's I'm probably pretty probably accurate. Probably pretty inspired. Right. Great. You're doing a really great job really making me hate you. The very method of you. Thank you. Angela's Ashes, once again, I don't think I have much interest in but they like good drama movies just aren't my wheelhouse right now No, but they're never never i never want to watch a drama ever again i've been broken by the family stone and i'm never turning back and the life of david gale is his final movie in 2003 i don't know that kevin spacey um it's got laura linney and kate winslet it's a death row or not a, a death penalty opponent he and his partner that are advocates against the death penalty and then he is i don't know if he kills her or if he's framed for her murder or there's all sorts of weird stuff it's it's all sorts of appeals process and uh it's got melissa mccarthy as nico the goth girl in it (laughs) a very early credit (laughs) nico the goth girl I think it's a bold anti-capital punishment statement, uh-huh. which it's something I've I've held signs on. The, the first time I ever held a st- sign on a street corner that I believed in, the first time that some middle-aged adult didn't give me a sign and tell me to stand on a street corner, mm-hmm. that was that was the first time. No, I get it. Yeah, gotta be right every time. It was uh, written the book originally by William Hjortsberg. It's called Falling Angel. It was first serialized in Playboy magazine. Of course. Do you want to know who was on the cover of Playboy magazine? We've talked about this interview in previous. When is when is this book? When is that? October of nineteen seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. I don't remember. I'm getting ready to see a visual. I will invite you to. Oh, here's like the actual. That's cool. It's very, very film noir kind mm-hmm. of very pulp detective. There's lots. Of, there's illustrations. Wow. Who was on the cover? Bum, bum, bum. St. Dolly. Dolly. Love it. So this came out the time of uh, Best Little... No. Yes. Best Little Horror House in Texas. No, that was the 80s. This was before that. This was when Dolly was just Dolly. Oh, she's just... Just doing Dolly. Just doing Dolly wearing ears. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Costs a lot to look this cheap. <laughs> but this was excerpts from this interview. We're in the uh, the Playgirl Dolly sex tips that I believe we okay. previously yes. posted. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really going to deep dive this one, and I didn't all that much, but I was just curious. Uh, Miss October 1978... Um, Mary, uh, Mary Marcy Hansen. She's from the show The Roller Girls. I'm not familiar with no. that show at all, but I, it seems like something I'd be very interested does, in. Yeah. We're, we're super into into roller derby and into Charlie's Angels kind of women spy shows. So uh, she's one of the original girls next door. Like she oh. moved in with Hef in the early 70s and lived with him for decade plus. Oh wow! Okay. Um, she is. In the movie 10, she's credited as magazine reader in coffee shop. I'm going to have to <laughs> scan through 10 again and find her. Uh, she was on the cover of the December 1982 issue. And that issue features a interview with Blake Edwards and Julie Andrews. Oh. So th- th- this all, is coming full circle. All the circles coming together. And I actually watched. I don't know if we can publish it because it's just somebody it's just a show but an interview with her at hefner's death and she is 
in her 70s and she is adorable. <laughs> I think she's actually in it's like several episodes of The Girls Next Door just okay. kind of as the one that got away kind of old girlfriend of his. Okay. The one that he's like, when life was less complicated. <laughs> so uh, William Hertzberg wrote two screenplays in his life. First one was called Thunder and Lightning. You have any familiarity with that? No, it's just Imagine Dragon Song. No. It's a 1977 movie. Uh, Roger Corman produced and David Carradine starring. Okay. It's directed by Corey Allen. It's basically the Dukes of Hazard, but two years before the Dukes of Hazard. It's about a moonshine running car chase. A, hmm. Like a guy trying to run moonshine in an American muscle car getting away from police officers. Breaking I think the... Charles Napier is the cop, so. Breaking the law. <laughs> no, just, just a little more than the law will allow. Okay, so I'm like rolling back. Have, have at it, have at it. No, so Fallen Angel is the book. Is the book. It was that, first serialized in Playboy. It was their longest ever nonfiction, or excuse me, their longest ever piece of fiction they ever published. But that, and what movie was based on that? That's the um, Angel Heart. Angel Heart is based it's on that. It's based on Falling Angel, yes. Okay, got it. Okay, I don't think we actually, you actually said that. Sorry, sorry. I think it was a whole list of all of Dude's credits. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Apologize. Yes, the, 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 right, the person that wrote the book that this movie is based on. Okay. Got it. The book is first serialized in Playboy in 78. It's completely out of print. You can get it on Kindle for like five bucks. I don't really read well on Kindle. No, no. It, it's kind of expensive to buy. So it, has, it hasn't shown up on the Forbidden Bookshelf yet. I, I mean, I still do have a Kindle, I think. I haven't plugged it in in a really long time. <laughs> but You have a nook. Oh, no, you're right. That is true. I Your parents embrace the wrong technology. They, I think they – did they do beta? Do we know that? Is it... I don't think they did beta. Okay. I don't think so. Yes, they have like the Microsoft Zunes and the, the Nooks. Zoom. And yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they really back the wrong horse. They, they, they voted for Trump. They just, <laughs> <laughs> they really, they're bad in format wars. <sighs> but I think the Nook came out first. They're early adopters, hmm. I think is kind of, kind of the thing. But anyway, well, we won't, we won't, we won't lean into that. Let's just move on. <laughs> So Corey Allen that direct so we're I know we're way I've got like bullet point this would be way better as an outline than as a than as a spoken word <laughs> <laughs> I've got so many indents here so Corey Allen who directed Thunder and Lightning that was written by William Hewitzberg okay. who also wrote the F- book that this Fallen movie Angel, is based on that Angel Heart is based on got it go okay um, he was the lead while he was still in college in A Time Out of War. A short film that won Oscar, won the Cannes and the Venice Film Festival um, while he was still in college. His first movie out of college was Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, wow. He was in it. He was an actor in it. He hadn't started directing yet. He was also in Party Girl. And he never really acted in movies again. Hmm. He became a television director. He won an Emmy for a Hill Street Blues episode. He directed Encounter at Farpoint. Does that mean anything to you? No. The pilot episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Coming back to uh, Counselor Troy and... Uh, and Colmiani. Yes, exactly. 
Uh, his second screenplay that backed bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, unindent, unindent, unindent. The second screenplay that uh, Hjortsberg and the last one he ever wrote was a movie that you actually th- were thinking about when I was talking about the prophecy. He wrote Legend. Oh, wow. That's a real tonal shift. It's not maybe it's not that much of a tonal shift from from Falling Angel, Angel no. Heart, but it's a pretty big tonal shift from Thunder and Lightning, <laughs> basically right. creating uncredited the Dukes of Hazard. I feel like we need the biggest Venn diagram that's ever existed. Like a, what of Dukes of Hazard fans and Legend fans? No, and Star Trek: The Next Generation fans, and like all the things. <laughs> And that's basically his career. He passed away in 2017. He actually finished a sequel to Falling Angel before his death that wasn't published until just very recently. Huh. So I guess What's... dude get, gets escapes custody and goes on the run in uh, Paris. And I think kind of meets Jean-Luc Goddard and kind of inspires the French New Wave movement. And So like other terrible sequels, it takes place in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ocean's 12 isn't that bad. I was really thinking of an American werewolf in Paris, but... <laughs> I don't hate that. I love Tom Everett Scott. <laughs> I do, too. I mean, he's he's uh, Shades. I love Shades. <laughs> he's Spartacus. You wanted to know what Pacino's name was in The Devil's Advocate. Right. John Milton. Ah. Uh, you, you were not far off. Ha, ha, ha. A more subtle... Uh, Subtle reference. Well, more subtle than Louis Cipher. Right. You know? Than Louis Cipher. <laughs> or Cipiera or whatever that he yeah. keeps on saying. Right. <laughs> oh, Mickey Rourke. It's not Cipiera. Uh, De Niro. They actually wanted him to play Harry Angel in this movie. Oh, that would have been. They kind of sought him out for it. And he read the script and was like, no, I'm I'm Louis Cipher. And would kept on calling the writers and directors and wanting to meet them at old churches and go through the screenplay and read through it and make notes on it and was just like completely uh, sold on this character. And interesting. That's, that's interesting because, I mean, he does commit, but it's a weird committal. Um, he He's real chill. Like, he's not, yeah, he's very chill the whole time. Um, so I wonder how Mickey Rourke kind of came about, but... Because he is kind of like the pretty boy. He's not as pretty boy as he is in Nine and a Half Weeks. Right. I think that Mickey Rourke was excited. I think that other people, you know, had had looked at the role or been looked at at the role. And they're like, eh, yeah, yeah. And I think he ran in, like, just ran for it. Okay. Head first, so. He did a good job. He really, he, he worked, he really ran the emotions um, for this. I mean, it was, it was tough. Because, I mean, if you think about it. Here's someone who is a monster and doesn't know he's a monster and kind of finds out that he wasn't a monster. A monster stole his life and he's been living like it's crazy. Like it's a he's he's actually the he's he's the bad guy that stole the other guy's life. Like the other guy's been dead. Like he's the right. bad guy. Like that's the But he has the memories, somehow has the memories sort of of the, his original life. He's he looks like the original guy. He's like He's an emotional Cronenberg. I mean, it, you know, it's insane. It, 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 yeah, like it just, yeah, now I'm cross-eyed. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything. I mean, maybe Fight Club. I think that might be the only time I've ever seen something quite like this. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it is crazy because you, you feel he, when he's realizing 
he is having a realization like that this he is this person but he did he didn't know he was this person and he's he's having an existential crisis about being evil and he couldn't possibly and and he's mourning a life lost mm-hmm. it's 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 powerful. Yeah. It really is. I think what Siskel said this movie was garbage and Ebert said it was fantastic, but the script was a mess. And I think that's kind of where we come at it. Probably. Pretty, yeah. That every that the theme, the concepts, the execution, the the subtleties, the the pacing, the everything is fantastic. It's shot to hell. It looks great. Yeah. It, the sound is great. The acting is great. The script is is a little muddled, but but besides that, but I mean that that's they came real close to a masterpiece here. Yes, they really got super close. But also too, I'm thinking, okay, so a sequel, he escapes. I didn't think he actually got arrested. I thought he went to hell. I don't know. Um, well, it's also a sequel to the book, not to the movie. Oh, okay. Well, so in the book, something different happens. Yeah, the book is a little, uh, I guess, ends a little differently. I haven't finished it yet. So, but. Oh, okay. Well, TBD. <laughs> oh, there is a cut scene in it. The His Girl Friday newspaper lady is the girl in the alley in the beginning. Oh. Okay. I, I, I wondered about that. I was like, that has to be relevant, but it. It's yeah, that, not that's made. her. That's her. There's a cutscene oh, that explains that. Oh, okay. I don't. That that's just that that makes it even harder to like him. Yeah, because that was a really cute scene, wasn't it? Yeah. It was so weird, but it, it was. It was so much exposition with with undressing. Yeah, it was very. It, the tone was strange, but it was kind of fun. Um. It was very kind of French New Wave. I mean, yeah, it was. It was very like the one fun part from Nine and a Half Weeks. But <laughs> what else do we have here? Uh, Judith Drake, Izzy's wife. Do you recognize her at all? The, it, the lady in the water at Coney Island. Wait, the lady in the water at Coney Island. I'm trying to the the, the guy that the oh, oh, oh. she's a Baptist and <laughs> no no that that was a funny scene that no, that, that was a good scene that <laughs> yes. was a really good scene. yeah it really was no not at all I didn't recognize her at all she's a replacement they just found last minute I think I know her best from House of a Thousand Corpses she was also she was the girl sitting next to Ted at the bus station when he sees his future wife for the first time <laughs> in How I Met Your Mother oh wow okay. But uh, she got the part when the original actress got completely creamed by a wave <laughs> and quit. And she was like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I have a concussion. I'm out. And they're like, all these, these loudmouth women actors worrying about a concussion. And, you know, what we know now. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> loudmouth women have changed the world and concussions are not good news. Nope. Nope. But that's funny. That, yeah, she was great in that. She, a lot of exposition there. She's like, oh, Yeah. You stupid, that is that person. <laughs> oh my gosh, no shields. They are not only were a thing, you can still buy them today. What? We have to post this. <laughs> there is nothing cool about cool. They come in four colors, so you can try to find one that matches your skin tone. I mean, is it supposed to look like zinc oxide? Or is zinc oxide supposed to like look like that? I don't know. I mean, What's what if I were to tell you that my name just... was Humpty? First name Humpty. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. That that's the best I can come up with. It's so weird. Like, I mean, 
is your nose that much more susceptible? Like, it's not the highest point. Your the top of your head's probably more susceptible to sun. Yeah, but they make hats for that. Yeah, but no one of us people are wearing hats. <laughs> <laughs> they're real worried about their nose, but they're not wearing any hats. I, I see where you're going there. <laughs> Bill, like their concern is ill placed. Okay. So you wanted to know when Girls Just Want to Have Fun came out? Yeah. What if I were to tell you it came out in 1979? What? It's not originally a Cindy Lauper song. Okay. I don't. It, this is this is not the medium to play the song. I'll play it for you afterwards. That guy looks cool though. Doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to play a little bit of it for your reaction? We'll see if maybe we can sync it up later. Way more punk. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. It's so punk. So who who is it? It is Robert Hazard. Cool. I also have a video where the killers invite him up on stage to uh, perform the song. Oh, man. We have seen the killers since the last uh, time we recorded, and it was the best show I've ever seen. It was amazing. There's only two original members still touring, but I don't care. The show was fantastic. It was so good. Johnny Marr from The Smiths. Got yes. to see him play the guitar solo from How Soon Is Now. So good. Oh, it was amazing. Man. Everything about it. So, yeah, so Cindy Lauper version was 83. So it's a little before this, but so you're allowed to hum it when you're. It just it just felt like, you know, one of those like it was an easier time. 1987. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so we've tried. We've sampled both of the cocktails. Yes, that we were we sure did. there's two cocktails. You know, the, the movie has a two sisters cocktail. Mm-hmm. There's a twin sisters cocktail and there's a courting two sisters cocktail. Right. The courting two sisters is white rum, spiced rum, Coke and lime. Kind of a, I guess, a take on a Cuba Libre with a spice drum added into it. Mm-hmm. That looks maybe more like what he's drinking yeah, in yeah, the yeah. film. Uh, the Twin Sisters cocktail is white vermouth, sweet vermouth, and absinthe. Yeah, it didn't it's seem... more French. It's more New Orleans. Very but, much, but, but that didn't seem like... It doesn't seem like what you get in a jazz bar. That's true. That's true. What You have any uh, any takes, any any preferences on the two? Um, I mean, the... the Coke and rum drink was a Coke and rum drink, and it's easy. True. The, true. We used a locally produced spiced rum that I just don't think was spicy enough for what we were trying to do. Sorry. Corsair is made just right down the road from us, and it's an awesome brand. They make really great craft spirits, but I think their spiced rum could use a little, little, pep, little spice. Little pep in its step. Um, the absinthe one, it grew on me. I was surprised because I'm a little like eh, about absinthe, but just absinthe and vermouth. That's a, that's just a lot of vermouth. It, yeah, it, it was, but it I don't know. Maybe it was like a back and forth. It's like oh okay, you know, little little bit of a, little bit of b, making making a a little more uh, palatable. I don't know. I don't know, but do you think two of either of them would make you just start going and making up stories? No, <laughs> there has to be a lot more. Maybe just straight rum. Gotcha, gotcha. Why is the rum gone? Correct. Because Jenny's making up stories. <laughs> yes, all the stories. I looked up how much 5,055. You were right, it's 1955. So this is the same year as Back to the Future. Yes, I did say that, I think. And this seems way grittier than Hill Valley. 
This is this is Biff's version of Hill Valley. <laughs> about fifty five grand now. What? Oh, that's about how much that how much that is in today's money. Oh, the, oh, the, five the five thousand that Louis Cipher pays him to stay on the case. That's a lot of money. I mean, I might stick around after one of the witnesses committed suicide. Sorry, died by suicide for fifty five grand. That's a lot of. That's money. not a lot for your soul, and to learn out that to learn that you're a monster, serial killer, heart eater, but well, you really it's don't. A decent, need... It's a decent amount to go to New Orleans and see if you can find some jazz guy. It really is. I mean, you don't get to use it because <laughs> you then commit a bunch of murders and are going to hell. So he knew he knew it was a fair bet. He was like five thousand. Even the devil's like, I I don't want to spend this much, but I'm going to get back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, devil's like price is a little steep, honestly. I was like, well, you know, it's a safe bet. Yeah, like the, like the whole Satan thing has been, you know, been kind of in a depression lately. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like it's gonna be another like twenty years before the exorcist happens, you know. <laughs> the devil business isn't what it used to be. <laughs> like ever since I went down to Georgia, <laughs> really, really thought I was gonna no. Damn kid was a better, better, better player. <laughs> I mean, how was I supposed to know he's the best there ever was? I mean, they. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> getting to the observer reporter of course i mean we, we say that song because like it, it we talk about jack daniels being done right down from us and corsair and, and that song was also written just like right down the right. road so literally kind of the one thing our hometown is or my hometown is famous for <laughs> is charlie daniels so we have the observer reporter so the week that this opens up we have are you familiar with the graham rudman act no. I have never heard of this before. It was a 1985 Budget Deficit Reduction Act, basically setting that the budget would be balanced by 1991, and if not, there would just start to be automatic cuts. The uh, Supreme Court this week actually uh, actually defeated that. Like, they, literally this week? The, the, the week of. The week of that. The, the week of, of this, that. yeah. I guess they said that it was an overreach of executive action by, by Congress. We could get, like, crazy into it, but... You know, I you mean, got- you even said that, and I didn't. I just thought it was like a vaudeville show, not like an act of Congress. <laughs> That's not the vein my brain was at. When you've got seven of the nine Supreme Court justices, including Clarence Thomas, agreeing on something, then it, it's a good bit. It's probably boring. Probably. Uh, Reagan is still effing with Nicaragua, still trying to <laughs> get support for Nicaraguan troops. We actually, I think the last week I said we had, what, Congress Act, Supreme Court, Nicaragua, and the Philippines. That's that's the three main stories almost a year later. Oh, wow. We have um, Corazon Aquino, the president of the Philippines. She abolished the government's ability to detain without charges and released over 500 Marcos political prisoners. That's cool. Yeah, so good day. Yeah. In front of a crowd of 2 million in Manila, giving a speech in front of 2 million people, that is horrible. I know you see Download Festival with like 100,000 people and you think. Yeah. yeah, I do not want to go to there. We've got benzene found in Florida cocaine. Guys, I know drugs are tough. Drugs are tough. A lot of people turn to things to deal with it. But guys, can we start doing cocaine again? <laughs> There's too much fentanyl out there. There's too much fentanyl out there. 
Like a little benzene and cocaine is fine. <laughs> oh man. All right. I just there's a reason everybody from Motley Crue is still here and there's only like two members of Soundgarden left. We do not encourage the use of cocaine. Unless it's a substitute for opiates. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Open up a savings account for 12.66% interest. Whoa. <laughs> Your mortgage is 38%. Uh, but... I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to buy anything big again. Can we just have a like, crazy inflation? <laughs> Can we just get another... Okay, Biden, I need you to Jimmy Carter the hell out of this next two years and get interest rates back No. No, people will lose their shit. We got Billy Graham live from England on TV. (laughs) Okay. That's so weird. (laughs) We got Stepping Out with Terry Hazlitt. He doesn't mention Angel Heart. It's really just like a bullet point list of things that happened this week and things that are coming out. It's not that interesting. The only interesting thing is there was a celebrity kiss print auction. Okay. Any guesses? We've already discussed who the number one was in this podcast this week. The number one kiss? Yes. Dolly Parton. No. No. Okay, so it was 1987. 1987. We've already discussed. There's so many people we discussed. I know. We've talked about a lot of people already. There's a million people. If it's not Dolly Parton, I mean, surely it's not Glenn Close. No. No, no, no. This is somebody we've said their name. Um, and it's not Cher. It's not Cher. It's not Olivia, Olympia Dukakis. What if it was a guy? Oh, I guess it could be. Michael Douglas? No, no. Tom Selleck. Ah, could you tell he had a mustache? <laughs> Remember the kiss prints in uh, Planet Hollywood? I don't. I remember oh, like it was about the bathrooms. They would have kiss prints, uh, and there would okay. be the guys and girls. It was it was unisex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over by the bathrooms, they would have prints of, of people's lips. Oh man, you, oh that's that's such a memory of mine. No, I don't remember that at all. I did maybe go through a phase of like um, kissing a guy's car window and like him not knowing it was me. It kind of became a thing. Like I would, like go to his school in the parking lot. Like he didn't go to my school, it kind of it got really like bigger than it should have because he just still didn't know, and it got really funny. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Number two was Bob Hope. That's weird. At about I mean, a, I love Bob Hope. At about but... a third of the price of Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck uh, was like three times Bob. Bob Hope. Hope would have a lot to say about that. I'm sure he did. <laughs> Number three, John Cigna, not Who? Cena. I guess he was a Philadelphia DJ. We're, oh. we're in Pennsylvania, people. Okay. Oh, this is real lo- local, getting local work. Like, yeah. Number four was Sinatra. Huh. That that's very strange. I mean, nineteen eighty-seven Sinatra is not nineteen fifty sixty. Still, I want Sinatra, Sinatra over John Cigna. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's weird. There, somebody really, really liked the local DJ and bid way too much for it, <laughs> hoping they were going to get a little bit more than that. Well, if I were to tell you, Tom Selleck only sold for two hundred fifty bucks. So that's it. <laughs> they're reporting this as news. This is news. This is like some local fair shit. <laughs> this is like the silent auction. <laughs> 
<laughs> at like the chili cook-off at the legionnaires hall right like who won chili i don't cook-off? know any of those words i don't know what a legionnaires <laughs> hall is i don't i'm who, seeing it a lot in who these won ferris the of the fair and who who is the best pie the, the the two ladies that had a runoff in a fight over the who was who won the best fight that's more interesting honestly i want to know all about that but what if i were to tell you that back to the future is still in two theaters in this town in 1987 1987 yes i don't remember when it came out early 86 oh okay so it's been going for a year plus i mean it's a great movie or was it 85 maybe even it was the same year as teen wolf because they rushed out teen wolf real quick mm, maybe 85 i, I honestly I don't know. it was the year after ghostbusters so it might have been 85 so it's, it was 85 so it's still in theaters because it, ghostbusters was 1984 i do know <laughs> that <laughs> So, um, I did, you know, I, I got a little bit into Playboy in the earliest, but I, I wanted to just look at the, you know, year in sex in 87, just to see, see what's up. Okay. Uh, so December of 87, cover girl on Playboy that month, Brigitte Nielsen. Oh. Newly single. From what, Stallone? Sylvester Stallone, yeah. Very tall lady. They actually have sex stars of 87. They have her and Dolph Lundgren on the same page as them both being newly single. I guess he and Grace Jones and she and Stallone had had recently called it quits. Three very tall, one very not person. (laughs) Mickey Rourke makes it. Oh, wow. Lisa Bonet does not. That's... How old was she? Um, She was 19. Okay. She was 19. Um, She had already met... And was already living with um, Lenny Kravitz. Okay. Did you know they were, they're both half Jewish? I mean, obviously Lenny Kravitz. But Lisa Bonet is as well. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I would not have uh, not have thought that. Mm-mm. But uh, it was about a year before uh, Zoe would be born at this point. Oh, okay. Um, I guess she kind of had the – she was leaving the Cosby show and going on to a different world. She kind of had the blessing of Bill Cosby to do this film. I think he later said that it was a – white movie made by we don't we're not love what bill cosby says about anything no but that white america made a movie about a black girl and what she gets to do is do some voodoo stuff and have sex and take her to clothes off and like not wrong not wrong no it, yeah that but it wasn't about her no not exactly no. i mean not i'm not i'm not apologizing for anything you said but um no, i agree but I didn't realize that A Different World, she was only in, like, half a season? Yeah, I knew she was only like, in the she, beginning. Well, she got pregnant. Mm. And so that was a, not a not a thing for for that show. I only, the only thing I know about that is Dwayne Wayne and his glasses. That's the only thing I know about. Oh, I watched it a lot, that, and also um, her roommate, um, Whitney. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, it's for horses, Denise. <laughs> Uh, we have Timothy Dalton makes it on the ah, sex stars of 87. John Bon Jovi. Heck yeah. Uh, we have Kevin Costner and Sean Young get a full page. Oh, what were they in together during uh, that was time? That hostage or Witness or what were they in together? Must be there hot. Was some, something, was it the... It's not Witness. That's Harrison Ford. It's Harrison Amish Ford movie. And, and, okay. They're, they're in something together. Okay. I don't know. We have a one page that has uh, Jessica Hahn, Ollie North, and Gary Hart. That's a big page. Oh, no. 
I don't oh, like, no, no. I don't like anything happening. Nope. I don't, I don't like what they did. I don't like what they did there at all. Nope. I don't think I would have even brought this issue up if Miss December India Allen. Do you know her? No. What if I were to tell you she's not Paula Barbieri, but she's involved? Oh, so did she date? She didn't date. She testified that she saw OJ hit uh, Nicole where she was working and in the vet office. Ah, okay. So Good. yeah, she was she was involved in the trial of the century. And that's why she's in Playgirl, Playboy? No, 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 this was way later. This is way later. So like This is this is 87. This is the the, the well, so like, OJ well, trial is the 90s. Well, I, I so what was she doing in 1987 that got her in Playboy? That then she was and being young. I don't know. Uh, then she was working at a vet office. And you're allowed to have a job after you. I know. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like we've we've talked about several people. They're chiropractors. Those are the ones we like. We don't like the ones that just are models and then they die. We, we I don't like... want anybody to die. I'm just curious of the trajectory. This is what you're supposed to find out. This is the... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, she got a job at a vet's office. All right, and that's great. Cool, that, that, fantastic. That's what we like. We like to see people get. A couple hundred thousand dollars for modeling when they're in their early 20s, and then they go on to leave happy and productive lives. All right. I didn't know that there were any animals in the Simpson household. Now I... Oh, I think there were dogs. Were there dogs? I think the, the dogs were out. That's that's why that that's why the oh, bodies were found. Well, that was Nicole's I think, dog. I did... I did know that, actually. Yes, actually, I do remember that. Okay, yeah, never mind. Never so mind. Moving on. Let's not. That was a very good anymore. doggy. That's a very good yes. doggy. And Miss December India Allen had taken care of that very good doggy. And that's great. And <laughs> that's great. So I don't want to end on that. Okay, no. So we we talked about movies with like people crashing and elevators to hell and everything. Yeah, yeah. I actually found that entire movie on uh, YouTube. It's called Without Reservation, <laughs> <laughs> and it is much. <laughs> oh, it is much. Okay. And then uh, Judgment Houses, like the Christian Haunted Houses. Yeah. For only $495, we could become covenant members of Judgment House and put on our own. I did not do that. Are you sure? I am absolutely sure. It's not like some certificates coming in the mail? No, no. I have a limit on what I spend for a podcast gag. <laughs> we got to get a sponsor before I spend 500 bucks. To make us a judgment house. Our house will never not smell like burnt hair. <laughs> if that's the case. No. And, you know, you always... I support people trying to make the world a better place. But looking at some of the scripts for various judgment houses, there are ones based on terrorist attacks and home invasions and school shootings. And I'm not in love with that. No, that just sounds like... Exp- just violence exploitative. Just exploiting violent scare tactics. Yeah, it just sounds like someone who actually just really wants... It's, it seems like a veil. Like someone who's just into that stuff and they're trying to make it sound okay. Like they're justifying wanting to create a scene like that. No, no, no. I call bullshit on that. Uh, yeah, so bullshit on judgment houses. <laughs> just go to normal haunted houses. Right. You know, we, we all know that that's stupid. <laughs> Like we can, we can all agree. We're not trying to change anybody's mind or souls or anything like that. That's just Or if you're doing one of those haunted and- houses, it's like it advertises itself as an extreme haunt that uses ripped from the headlines or makes you sign a waiver. Just don't go. That's just a to- different thing. Just go to the one where the guy says a bloogie woogie woogie woo at you. And then you go, ah, or you see the people, seven people ahead of you go, ah, and you're crammed in there like livestock. And so you already saw the person scream up there. And yeah. Or find... 
the craziest, scaredy catest, jumpiest person ever, and then just get behind them and that's watch the, the show. That's that's the best. Yeah, I don't love those, but if I can get someone who really is jumpy, then that's the be- I'm all for it. Because I would, lo- I love one good jump. I mean. There's nothing better. I think the last time we went to one and there was a polka dotted room and a person in a polka dotted suit and then it moved and like, whoa, <laughs> I was just like, oh, man, like, you rock. Like, that was the best scare I've had in years. <laughs> I'm, oh, I, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Fist bump, please. <laughs> He's like, I'm messing my makeup. People can't, can't do it. Got to get back into polka right. dot space. <laughs> back in the wall. So, yes. next week, right? we've added a couple movies to the calendar. I don't think they're going to be immediate. I think we thought The Faculty, like that goes on the list. Maybe I Know What You Did Last Summer goes on the list. Scream goes on the list. But uh, we talked, we're thinking Interview with a Vampire? Yeah, it seems very timely. It There's... seems very timely. We're going to New Orleans. There's a show coming out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of threw Monkey Wrench, Devil's Advocate, but you still thinking? Let's Let's flip it up. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Maybe we we wait for crazy Al Pacino a little later. Okay. Um. Yeah, we don't we don't need two devil impersonators. Two devil. Uh, what's the word I want instead of not incarnates the, or right? I don't know. Um. Yeah. No. No. Let's let's not repeat that. Okay. So let's get into it then. So All right. uh, welcome, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Next week. Yes. Kirsten Dunst. It yeah. Is- is Tom Cruise going to be first timer? No. He's oh, no, no, he was in, uh, yeah, we, we had Risky Business. Okay. Yes. No. So welcome back for part two, Tom Cruise. Antonio I mean, Banderas? Um, Antonio Banderas, no. He was in oh, he Madonna's was in, Truth or Dare. <laughs> Madonna's Truth or Dare, you're right. you're right. He could have the weirdest path to three-peat <laughs> status on this podcast of all time. He really, really could. All right, cool. I mean, maybe Warren Beatty will, too. <laughs> the two of them are both in in the running for the weirdest path. On that note, people, um, it is just about bedtime. Yep. What else you got, lover? That's it. All right, guys, we're going to see you next week. Uh, follow us on the socials that Jenny will say because I can't do it right. Um, Forbidden Cinema on Instagram, for Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. And y'all, Minx on Max season two is back on set doing some filming. So that will be coming at you when it comes at us. All right, guys. We will see you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.